BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network, as we welcome you in. Thursday, we kick off week five on the NFL schedule. Two teams coming off tough losses there in DC. The Commanders, overtime loss at the NFC Champs. They're two and two. And of course, the Bears, a huge lead. Up 14 in the fourth quarter against a bad Broncos team. They fell to 0-4. This number is interesting as we say hi. I'm Patrick Maher. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'll welcome in the boys here in just a second. But this number is interesting just because the look ahead on Chicago and Washington uh, was Washington laying a point and a half. Sunday night, DraftKings opened it up four and a half, five with the commanders favored. And then we saw this touch seven on Monday and Tuesday. So the commanders were laying seven. For most of Monday, most of Tuesday over at DraftKings yesterday, we saw it come down to six and a half. And now we've settled in. I'm looking across the market right now. We're settled in right around six everywhere. So we're showing six with the commanders laying it 44 and a half off of 42 and a half, 43 opener on the total. So an interesting matchup to say the least to kick off week five as we say hi to the boys. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, Amal, hi, how are you? Hey, doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing very well, very well. This is, uh, it's football, I guess. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're going to see, you know, a, a trend, obviously short week, everything condensed. We generally look to the unders on Thursday night. Two defenses that have been very bad, porous to say the least as we say hi to the big guy and behind you is the big bar. Well, it's not the, it's called the bar, bar, Canada. bar Canada, bar Canada, bar Canada. And uh, we're keeping note of the talent, excuse me, not talent. I should say those that occupy the bar behind you. What's it looking like today, big guy? Uh, there's a crowd, late, late arriving crowd, just hanging out now, pounding a few drinks. They're all having a good time, but I think the three of us, need to have a, an important discussion about the show and the safety that's going to happen here during the program. Um, I need everyone to close their eyes and just kind of have a moment of peace for me. And I need to keep this mood going and keep your calm going because uh, um, we have an issue today. 
Uh, oh, I forgot man. to take my blood pressure medicine. So. Oh, beta blocker. Uh, beta blocker and the regular BP. So everything's a little out of whack. So there are a few topics that are off limits for the day. So I don't die on the air. Uh, Julio Urias is number one. Who will okay. be the Mets well, I- next manager is number two. Uh, the okay. Giants offensive line and Evan Neal's number three. People okay. FaceTiming in public. The Rolling Stones, greeting cards, the War of 1812, the Man in the High Castle, Christopher Columbus, and Dentist. Can't discuss any of those today, please. Uh, Columbus. A- <laughs> okay. Santa Maria. <laughs> Not a fan. Overrated. Okay. Gotcha. I-, I wasn't going to bring up Julio Urias. Haven't thought about him in about two <laughs> months, so we were good there. Um, I don't think there was anything on the list that I would object to, really. I, I, you know, Patrick and I had talked about this. We were going to get into Christopher Columbus, but I guess Patrick will have to shelf that for next week. And 1812 in particular, yeah. was that just because the British came and absolutely trounced the White House when James Madison got us into a war that wasn't going to be won anyway? Yeah, uh, bad memories. Bad memories. I, I lived in Washington, D.C. for, let's see, 2011 to 2016. I don't think it's recovered still. Hey, that's great. Shout, to, could, <laughs> shout to Dolly Madison, by the way, who when the White House was on fire, she ran back in and had somebody grab the George Washington painting from the White House, saved it uh, for future use. So fun, that's fun a, fact. A pr- promising. One promising of the buildings I lived in in Washington, D.C. was called the Dolly Madison. Oh, okay. by, by the way, I like Patrick's uh, notion about the War of 1812. I'm glad 200 years later we continue that trend of getting into wars we're not winning. <laughs> see Dustin see what you did <laughs> yeah, I, sh- I should have stayed away That's, see, honestly see it's not you, even his fault see. it's my fault and, 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 and uh, speaking of wars you lost the battle yesterday when you cozied up to uh, Bar Canada yesterday because I told you we're going to keep a running bit going with the young ladies that work behind the bar we're going to get Dustin Sweetelson a date even if we have to bring them on the air to make picks we've had worse at VEASAN <laughs> even if we have to bring them on the air to make picks we we are going to get the big guy a date. Yesterday, you went. It was a very good shift. Oh. You got a drink and they bailed on you. Yeah, you know, there was a tag team back again on the other side of the bar. And I, I liked it. I thought they could be champions of the world. And they were they were so they were goofing off as the show ended. Things were clearing out and they were hanging out, having a good time, waiting for like the next uh, kind of wave of people to walk in here. And I was like, you know what? Let me make friends. I'm not social enough. So. I pack up my things. I do my work. It's dead. Everyone's on the other side of the bar. There's only a few people. Kind of have the section of myself. And the game's on. I'm betting on the twins. Let me just sit here and watch a few innings. So I order a drink thinking, oh, I'll order a drink and maybe we'll start a conversation. Because, you know, they see me sitting here all the time for three hours a day. They right, poured me a deal. They poured me a drink. And they couldn't have been less interested in talking to me and walked away to go talk to more interesting people on the other side of the bar. All right. Well, uh, we we will we will improve that situation. I assure you. As uh, we get it going here, we'll get to the game coming up tonight. You did mention one of the hot button topics that you didn't want to discuss. For those that don't know what du- Dustin was referring to, Evan Neal, uh, he had a cringeworthy quote to the media and fans of the New York Football Giants. The fans were booing the Giants, so rightfully so, for their performance against Seattle on Monday night. And he said, "Why would a lion concern himself with the opinion?" 
opinions of sheep, essentially, and basically called everybody. He said, you're, you're the type of people that are out there flipping burgers and rolling hot dogs. So he took a shot at those beneath him or perception perceived to be beneath him. And that did not fly well in New York City. That is the situation you're talking about with the uh, tackle there with the Giants, correct? Yeah, uh, technically, he said flip hot dogs. And uh, I don't know where he's cooking his hot dogs, but uh, you don't flip them. You can rotate them, but I don't think you flip them. I mean, there's there's more than one side to a hot dog. It's a- unless he's cutting them in half and it has <laughs> yeah. something I can think of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There might. This is one of those weird things where at first I was like, ah, oh, don't say that. And then you start realizing he's like 23, 22 years old. And I think the reaction to people being outraged about Evan Neal says more about the people who are outraged than it does about Evan Neal, if that makes sense. I, I disagree yeah. with that. I forget the fact the age factor. I think a lot of people grow up a lot faster today anyway. But listen, you're, you're getting paid extremely well to sit on the bench right now due to injury. Uh, oh, he actually played. I'm sorry. Uh, well, he blocked he, his own he, teammate he, at one yeah, point. That's right. But yeah. Yeah, 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 sure. But, no, no, great I, block I, on Darren Waller. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but like he, he went to Alabama. He was a five, four, five star recruit. He dominated Alabama. They never they, they were always favored almost every game they were in. They beat the heck out of everyone. This is the first time in his like football life he's ever gone through a situation where things aren't going well and should he have said what he said no but like to hammer him and be completely outraged over it people gotta like get over it and move on well he was the seventh pick in the draft right the expectations are far greater than what he's been able to deliver so far and oh no he stinks yeah and right wrong or indifferent fans (laughs) so many of them have an identity to the team that they follow or they support not just from a betting standpoint but just in general and people are going to react. Listen, when you make X amount of dollars, people are, that's, listen, we, I, I shouldn't say we, but the reason why I'm so critical of Daniel Jones is I cannot believe that somebody that inept at a job can make $40 million. That's what I have a hard time fathoming. If the guy was making 15, I would never even speak of Jan, Daniel Jones. I think he makes 51 we, to be exact. We love getting into other people's pockets. Oh, hundred percent. So true. It's just so we true. Should just, society should come with a W-2. Cause you walk in, <laughs> you, should, you wave the W-2 so people then can justify whether or not they respect you as a human. It's so true. Uh, look, what Neil said is about it's 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 a bottom feeder thing to say. He's the bottom feeder. He's taking it. He, he is looking down upon people. It's a bad look, big guy. He's a young kid. It's not the end of the world, but you can't be demeaning people. It's what LeBron James did. Yeah. Remember when he got beat up by the, Miami? Who was it the Dallas the Mavericks Dallas, yeah. or Miami or whomever Dallas, yeah. it was? He got bounced. And he was like, I get to go back to my great life and you get to go back to your pathetic life. It's just narcissism. Uh, Are we sure? I know I hear a lot of people say it. Look, I get the lion is the king of the jungle. There's not that many lions left on Earth either. And by the way, I think the elephant is technically the king of the jungle because a lion could never take down an elephant on its best day. But are we sure that lions really are happier in their lives than sheep are? I'm not so sure. Lions are always looking over their shoulder. There's always the someone Justin coming Justin Sweetelson podcast will continue at his apartment <laughs> later in the day. We now return to regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> if you're going to get into hypotheticals about what animals are going to win fights, go work for Barstool, big guy. <laughs> now, we return. The Giants, speaking of which, are at Miami, and it's 11 and a half. Now, again, Dustin, this is your Giants team, and just to kind of tie in the Neil conversation, while it's not the biggest deal, I'm somewhere in the middle with you 
you guys. I'm on the fence with it as far as the comments. Dayball did have to come out and kind of squash the fire, say he shouldn't have said it. The drama continues for a Giants team that kind of like Minnesota last year, a lot of variants. It's now catching up to them and they're down in Miami. Amal, you mentioned it yesterday. Miami coming off a performance that was woeful up in Buffalo. Look for a bounce back. You got a big number, 11 and a half. It is a big number, but I got to tell you, based on the way the Giants performed in a short week, you have to take a shot with Miami. Generally not thrilled with laying almost what equates to two touchdowns in the National Football League. But Patrick, weather should be warm in South Florida. New York right now is in shambles. The bigger issue when I look at this Giants team is it's not just the ineptitude of the offensive line, the lack of wide receiver separation. The defense isn't great. I know the Seahawks won the game and they kind of slowed them down enough to be effective. But at the same time, there's not a ton of things you take away from that Giants loss that gives you confidence going into a matchup against a team that's been prolific for most of the season so far. And they've got to get back on track. Didn't play well in that second half in Buffalo. Now, if you look at it, you're looking at an angry Miami Dolphins team. Good opportunity for Miami to really get back on track and Tua to put his uh, MVP race back in the front, uh, front row here. Yeah, and two is five to one. He's your second betting favorite, five fifty for Mahomes, so right behind him. And Allen, big guy, plus three eighty. It's not a great look for your Giants going down to South Beach. No, no, I already laid the six and a half in the first half with Miami. It's moved to seven and a half, which I would be a little hesitant to take just because that touchdown, that that key number is so important. You, you should but, bet the you should bet the Giants now. It's a great middle. Yeah, that's fair. Uh but no, I, I don't want to have to root for them both financially and with my heart. <laughs> your heart's already invested. All right, there it is, the Evan Neal drama. Hey, when we return, we're going to spend all show, obviously, on Washington hosting Chicago to kick off week five. Let's get into these Major League Baseball Division Series prices next. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So, buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So, how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. 
OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic, oracle.com slash strategic. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network. Of course, week five kicks off tonight. Joining us, and it's nice to have him back. It's our good friend, Josh Applebaum, of course, VSIN betting analyst, morning bets for 15 minutes every morning, the Market Insights podcast. Josh is battling through it, so we appreciate him. You can find him at Josh underscore insights, of course, an author as well. Josh, it's great to see you smiling, man. How are you feeling? I appreciate it, Patrick. Dustin, I'm all great to be with you. So yeah, I uh, finally got it, Patrick. The vid found me, did my best to, uh, you know, ward it off, do the Heisman against the vid, but uh, finally got me and we've been going through it. I must say thank you to the, uh, the, the, the wonders of modern medicine, Patrick. We've been uh, taking medicine for about a week now, about 90% back to normal here, but uh, not totally there. But either way, we're going to gut it out with our Michael Jordan uh, flu game here today. All right, well. Hang in there. We appreciate you joining us and uh, all the work you do for us at the network, big guy. Now, let's talk about tonight because it's interesting, right? If you took take a look at the look ahead, is like right around a point and a half with the commanders and then DraftKings open Sunday night, four and a half, five, somewhere in there. And then Monday and Tuesday, Josh, the commanders were sitting seven, comes back down to six and a half. And now we've settled in at six and a total of 44 and a half. Let's talk about the line machination and where you're going with this one. Yeah, Patrick, you set it up very well here. I'll give you a lean and I'll give you what I'll be sweating here tonight officially. So my lean is pretty hard with Chicago. I think there's a couple of reasons to like the Bears tonight. And you mentioned it, Patrick. The look at had a much shorter number on this game. I think it's important, too, to not get locked in sometimes too early in the week to a bet. Because if you go back to Monday or Tuesday, there's a lot of steam hitting the commanders, you know, four and a half all the way up to the key number of seven. But once it got to seven, that's when a ton of buyback came here the other way and scooped up the points with the Bears. So the Bears plus seven down to six and a half down to six is where we sit now. And I'm actually seeing one book that might go to five and a half. So that late movement that I always look toward when, you know, big bets come in, when the limits are raised, it's really breaking toward the Chicago bears. Uh, The bears are only getting 28% of bets. No one wants to touch the bears. Can't blame the public here. Obviously, they've looked terrible. 0 and 4, uh, tied with the the Panthers for the only two, uh, you know, un, un, were winless teams so far this season. A lot of if- issues off the field as well. If you do like Chicago, and again, that's kind of my lean here. One good system match is short road dogs getting six points or less. Patrick, this year they're 12 and nine against the spread, 57% ATS. You go back since 2019, they're 186 and 122 ATS, 60%. So the line is definitely breaking toward the Bears. The one thing that keeps me, you know, from officially firing on the Bears is just Justin Fields and he doesn't cover numbers. I mean, the market is moving in in favor of Fields, but in his career, Fields is just eight and 20 against the spread, 29 percent as a road dog. He's just four and 10 ATS, 29 percent. 
So for making me pick a side, I, w- I will lean Bears based on the contrarian angle and the late movement. My play here, Patrick, I'm going to go over. I'm rooting for some points in this one. Kind of rare for me. I do typically like to bet unders, but a lot of angles here to hopefully root for a high-scoring game. One, the fact that this line is rising. The total open 43 and a half. It's up to 44 and a half. You have a couple of shops even approaching 45. It's not that public. You know, typically the public's going to get, you know, 70, 80% of bets on an over. They're going to want to root for points here. Only 60% of bets are on this over, but almost 70% of the money is on the over. And here's a little nugget. The Chicago Bears, since the start of last year, they're the best over team in the NFL. They're 14-7 and seven to the over, 67%. They're 4-0 and oh to the over this year. And to cash overs, you got to score. You got to give up points. That's what both of these teams have done this year, in particular, uh, and particularly defensively. These are two of the four worst defensive teams in all of football. Uh, points allowed. Chicago's giving up 34 a game. Washington's giving up 30. Again, that's second worst and fourth worst in all of football. So it's a lean to me on the Bears. But I got the over 44 and a half, Patrick. I'm hoping this thing gets up to 45, get some CLV. I'm going over tonight in primetime. Josh, you mentioned the look-ahead line to the current number. Explain to people who may not be as well-versed in terms of how you gauge that and how you apply that to your betting. Yeah, it's a great question, Amal. So I think when you're trying to do, you know, compare look at lines to the current number, it's based upon what the odds makers had projected, you know, previously versus what it is right now. And you're looking for like basically an overreaction or an underreaction. So when Patrick made the really good point that this was just, you know, one and a half point game on the look at line, that tells you that when odds makers kind of capped these teams and power rated these teams uh, much earlier this season, they had it as a very short number. They had it as a very tight game. Now, because the Bears have looked so awful, commanders are two and two, you know, they've won a couple games here. Um, The fact that this line is so much higher now leads you to believe that the value would be on the Bears because, again, you go back previously, this was a one and a half game. Now it's, you know, as high as seven, it's down to six. That's something that you can apply in your handicap. What the look ahead was, be conscious of what the odds makers projected previously versus where it is now. And again, based on the look ahead, you would say the value would be on the Bears. Because just a few months ago, this was expected to be a really tight game. Now you're getting more points uh, currently. And fellas, we're going to discuss the game as we continue. But the injuries are catching up to the Bears, specifically in their secondary. Eddie Jackson's out. Jalen Johnson, the cornerback, is out. Brisker is questionable. They're completely decimated in the secondary. Chase Claypool's not even with the team because they hate each other. That's an (laughs) issue. So we'll get into some of the props I have are because of that decimated secondary for the Bears, which we'll get to coming up in just a bit. But right now, our buddy Josh Applebaum joins. He's battling he unlike those that are on the ir he continues to battle which we appreciate (laughs) now let's go jets and denver this number right now uh two and a half with denver lane at DraftKings is shown and a total on is 43 jets at denver two and a half 43 josh yeah, so this one really caught my eye, Patrick. There's been a bunch of games today that have been getting a lot of sharp action, like Tennessee Titans. They've moved from a dog to a favorite against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the Cardinals have seen a lot of movement in their direction. Same thing with the Minnesota Vikings against the Chiefs. But the one that really caught my eye is this really sharp buyback that we're seeing on the Denver Broncos. Now, we started the segment, and Patrick, you mentioned the fact that you know the game for tonight, they had an early move one way, and now it's starting to go the other way. Well, same thing here. The early move in, uh, you know, to start the week was toward the Jets. You had the Broncos open around a three-point favorite at home. The line got all the way down to one and a half. 
And, you know, I'm thinking, hey, this is an obvious Jets play. Lines moving in their favor. But the Jets have become super, super trendy and really popular. And we're starting to see buyback toward Denver. So Denver, when they bottomed out at minus one and a half uh, pretty much earlier today, there was a ton of money that poured in on Denver to push that one and a half back up to two. You're seeing some books even to two and a half. It might even be trending toward three. So what's notable to me there, Patrick, is that the big public play, believe it or not, is Zach Wilson. Uh, currently the jets are getting 72% of bets using our vison.com bet splits. So anytime you see a dog that becomes really popular, becomes trendy, those are the dogs that I like to look to bet against. The jets are the trendiest dog of the week, 72% of bets, but the late movement is breaking back toward Denver. So it's kind of a buy low spot on Denver. They finally got a win, uh, last week, but you know, public still remembers them putting up or giving up 70 against Miami. You can kind of sell high on the Jets. Yeah, they covered against the Chiefs, but it was because Mahomes slid and didn't score. You know, Wilson, uh, Zach Wilson looked pretty good in the second half. Is there a narrative starting to change where, you know, Zach Wilson is actually decent? So to me, it's the ultimate buy low on Denver, only getting 28% of bets at home. And Russell Wilson, believe it or not, he's off to a really good start. If you look at his numbers, nine touchdowns, only two picks, passer rating of 107. And offensively, you got to score, you got to win, you got to cover. Uh, you look at Denver, they're averaging their defense is terrible, but they're averaging 25 points a game. That's 10th best in the NFL. Jets are only averaging 15 points a game. That's 25th. So, uh, again, if you asked me a couple days ago, Patrick, it looked like a Jets play. Now it's really starting to steam back the other way toward Denver. I'm going Denver on the money line. Fade the trendy dog. I got the Broncos at minus 135. Josh, let's go to the college ranks. Great matchup on Saturday in College Station between Alabama and Texas A&M. Bama, one-point favorite in this game, total about 46, 46 and a half. Which way do you lean here? So I got to go A&M in this one, all. This one really caught my eye just because it's so sharp and really looks like the odds makers and the books have taken a position against Bama in for Texas A&M. You mentioned it. Second most heavily bet game of the day. Most heavily bet would be Texas and Oklahoma. And the line is going to Oklahoma on that one. They were getting sixth, and that's down to five and a half at some shops. But looking at this one here, public is all over Alabama. 86% of bets in the second most heavily bet game of the day. But the line's actually falling toward the Aggies. You had Alabama open laying three. You're now down to one and a half. I was reading some tweets earlier about how some shops in Vegas, Westgate, Circa, they might be getting down to a pick here. So this is the ultimate reverse line move play when the betting line goes away from the popular side toward the unpopular side. And again, you look at Bama, they're ranked 11th. Um, maybe they're not the Bama that we're used to, but the public just sees Bama laying such a short number and it's just automatically, you know, back Bama, lay that short number with Saban. Yet, if everyone's on Bama, why does this thing continue to drop toward A&M? So I'm looking toward A&M in this spot, guys. If you can still find a one and a half, that would be the play. Again, some books are down to one, might even go to a pick them here. But really banking on a couple things, unranked versus ranked. That's kind of a, a you know a wheelhouse uh, buy low play for me. Conference dogs, uh, obviously the built-in rivalry, familiarity aspect. That's kind of like a divisional dog in the NFL. And then also offensively, you know, A&M, they're putting up 443 yards a game. Bama, it's been well documented. Their issues at quarterback, Milrow, is he good or not? You know, jury's out there. They're only averaging 363 yards per game. So better passing, uh, better defense here for Texas A&M. Why is this line falling to A&M if everybody, almost 90%, is on Bama? I got to go with A&M in this spot and bet against the public. 
Josh Applebaum often bets dogs. There's a reason why he's got that dog in him. Even when he's oh, banged yeah. up, he comes and he delivers. You got that dog in you, Josh. It just ain't nothing. Listen, also the book, The Everything Guide to Sports Betting. He's an author. You can check out the podcast, Morning Bets, and also Market Insights Podcast. Find Josh at Josh underscore insights. Is Meadow being nice to you while you're under the weather, the puppy? So I appreciate you, Patrick. You're always my boy. I appreciate you. But I didn't mention this. Elise got COVID too, same as me. And we were looking up like, can dogs get Oof. COVID too? Like, should we isolate from Meadow? What's the deal? She's been great. Uh, she's turned into not just our our daughter, but a therapy pup in our household, Patrick. So uh, maybe put a mask on her. We can't let all three of us get COVID in the same house. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope she's a good cook. Josh, thank you. Appreciate it. Enjoy it. Enjoy the football and good luck. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Have a great night. Thank you. Okay, when we return, I, w- let's dive into this game. We've got to get into the injuries and, and where everything stands tonight. i got a couple of props as well. And also, fellas, i got to play in Conference USA tonight. Western Kentucky, Louisiana Tech. we got plenty to do. Sharp Money. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network. Amal Shaw. Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. As we welcome you back, we're going to be joined by the Rooster, Chris Russell. Look forward to it quickly. Chicago, Washington right now. DraftKings has dropped from six down to five and a half. Wow, 44 and a half on the total. So as we get our three underway, we welcome in Chris Russell. Team 980 hosts 1 to 4 p.m. Command post writer, you can find the Rooster on Twitter at Russellmania621 as we say hi to Chris. Chris, thank you. Appreciate it. I know it's a busy day today. Um, let's back up a no little problem. bit. What, what did you think about what did you think about Rivera? Did you where was where was the Rooster on Rivera not going for two? Did you want to go for two there against Philly? You know, I mean, I, honestly, I can understand both sides of it. I know I come up short on the numbers and analytical argument. I was trying to use common sense in the moment in Philadelphia and just saying, look, man, they just, you know, they just scored the game tying touchdown very luckily, very fortunately, uh, because they got a second on a clock. Uh, left when I wasn't expecting them to have that second. So I was like, you know what? Kick the extra point, extend your life, take your chances in overtime. Hopefully you get the ball first. And they did, guys. And they came up just short on their possession in overtime. Terry McLaurin caught a pass over his shoulder. I thought he was inbounds live. Uh, it was a bang-bang call. It was called incomplete. I mean, he, he was maybe out by a half an inch. And he thought he was in because uh, I talked to him after the game. Um, and, you know, if they convert on that, a third down and five, I want to say, if they convert on that, they keep the ball and they keep going and maybe they score, you know, at least a field goal or a touchdown. They didn't. And obviously Philadelphia connected on a 54-yard field goal after their drive and they lost. By the way, guys, I'm passing RFK Stadium right now as we speak, as we're doing this live. You'd never believe how terrible it looks uh, after all these years of decay. <laughs> are they are they thinking about like maybe I sh- uh, sorry Amal just no. to ask Chris this question about a new stadium is the old RFK site a potential site for a new stadium there oh absolutely um you know there's uh I mean this is the long political game is you know they've done the uh they've arranged and voted for the land transfer from the federal government to the D.C. government. 
Um, that still has to be finalized and voted on through the various uh, different, you know, uh, chambers and all that. So I don't want to get too political. Uh, and, and that's going to take a couple of months. Assuming that goes through and it's got bipartisan support, then the D.C. government has to basically negotiate what it wants. And it's believed very much so that they would like a new football stadium there. Um, the question becomes, how much are they willing to pay for the commanders um, at the site of the old RFK stadium, because the commanders have a much bigger vision of, you know, hotel and hospitality and entertainment districts and maybe a small amphitheater and a daily facility. And I don't know how they're going to get it done financially uh, in, in terms of the DC government, because they say they're completely tapped out. So again, without making it too political, it's not going to be easy, but that's everybody's desire. Chris, when you look at this commander's team last week, how did it work, kind of play in the locker room that they chose not to go for two? Um, so I haven't been in the locker room since Sunday, right after the game. And I, I, I think just the general sentiment that I got from talking to guys on and off the record is they were disappointed, but understood why they didn't go for two. Ron Rivera said they were completely gassed. And they had run, I think it was 71 plays as of that point. I mean, who am I to say, no, you're not tired? You know, it was a warm day. Uh, they had, again, played 70-plus plays. Now, the argument should be, uh, when you have a Thursday night game, you shouldn't want to get into overtime. You shouldn't want to play extra football. You shouldn't want to play more snaps. The only argument that I could use to defend Ron Rivera, who ultimately makes the decision, is, hey, look, you get a four- or five-minute break in between the regulation and overtime, and maybe that's what he was counting on. Uh, otherwise, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense as to why he was conservative in that spot, especially when you consider on the road, Philadelphia, Thursday night game coming up, so on and so forth. Um, I, I just like Ron doesn't make a lot of sense, quite honestly, guys, with his answers. And we pick him apart and chew up everything that he says, as I'm sure they do in most cities. But more so, I believe, here, because nothing he says really makes sense. Three years ago, I was at MetLife Stadium, and he said, oh, no, on the road, you go for it. You go for two. And they lost in a situation where they went for two, down 20 to 19 to the Giants in 2020 in front of no fans. And I was like, wait a second. Why, why would it matter if you're on the road if you're playing in front of no fans? And that was his mantra at the time. So here he uses a different rationale. He doesn't go for it on the road with fans where he said he did. And he comes up with it. Well, my guys are tired. And I can't say that they weren't tired. They were probably tired. But can you run one more play? Can you run one more play? So that's the kind of dichotomy that we're dealing with here. Chris Russell, Team 980 on the Commander's Beat. Okay, expectations for tonight. Right now it's five and a half with the Commander's Lane at 44 and a half. What, Rooster, give me your expectations. So, I, you know, I think they, first of all, they're, they're better than the Bears. Let's start with that. They should win this game by 10-ish points. The problem is, is I don't think they will. Uh, I, now, maybe I'll look bad tonight. Ultimately, guys, I, I see a closer game. I see the Commanders winning. I see a three, maybe a four-point win. So I, I lean and I 
made a bet before I, I left the station, you know, I, I mean, I took the Bears <laughs> plus the points. Uh, you know, I, I do think there's a chance that they get over – uh, the 40, what was it, 44, right? Is that what, uh, is that, is yep, that what I remember? And a half. Uh, yeah. I yep. think there's a chance because both of these defenses are absolutely dreadful. Um, the commanders are averaging giving up 30 points a game. Uh, and not all of that is on the defense. Some of that is bad field position, turnovers, whatnot. But a bunch of it is on the defense. The Bears offense finally came alive a little bit last Sunday. Uh, of course, they, you know, they had some problems down the stretch. Let's just say executing and making good, smart decisions. Uh, but I could see where these two teams might go at it to the tune of, you know, uh, 26, 23, somewhere in that range. I could see that where they just go barely over the total. The commanders win, but the Bears cover and make it close. I like that breakdown. I tend to agree with you there. Chris, when you look at this team overall, it seems like they've got some really good parts the wide receivers, Brian Robinson at running back. Sam Howell looks like he might be a potential quarterback for them. When you evaluate them, you, you're with the team all the time. How do you see some of the deficiencies? Are they a large step away from getting upgraded, or are they still a work in progress but not that far away from getting to where the benchmark in that division is with Philadelphia and Dallas? Yeah, that's what I see. I, I see it's a work in progress. I see they're way closer today than they were four weeks ago. Uh, I think they're way closer than they were at the end of last year when Sam Howell got that one token start against Dallas. If you guys remember, you know, in a game that meant something for Dallas and nothing for Washington other than, you know, pride and being a professional and Sam played pretty well in that game. He didn't do anything like earth shattering, but he, he managed the game, you know, made a couple of throws, what have you. So I was confident, relatively confident coming in. Uh, you mentioned Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Antonio Gibson's had, had the fumbles again this year. That's a bad thing. The receivers haven't really, what I would say, broken out. As a matter of fact, I mean, it was so good to see McLaurin get, you know, his target share increased, and he's always had big games against Philadelphia last week. Uh, John Dotson, obviously, with the game-tying touchdown, his target share has been a little bit lower than now McLaurin, uh, but they have talent. Curtis Samuel has been pretty good. Deami Brown and uh, Byron Pringle came up with big catches on the game-tying touchdown drive. They have the ability to score 26, 27, maybe even 30 points against a bad opponent. The problem is... If they don't shore up pass protection and if Sam Howell doesn't get rid of the football quicker, and even last Sunday when he was better, he still got sacked five times. If they don't do that consistently, guys, drive in, drive out, snap in, snap out, they're going to be kind of a a middling offense or an inconsistent offense because even last week when they were pretty good against Philadelphia on the road scoring 31 points, they still got sacked five times. Chris Russell. Okay, we got a minute left. You mentioned Sam Howell. It's not uh, that odd that if he's got a clean pocket, he's played well in his second year. If he's got a dirty pocket, he underperforms. Let me ask you this question. Sam Howell, is he the starting quarterback week one in 2024 for the Commanders? Yes, absolutely. I I don't I'm not batting an eyelash on that. Uh, he's going to be the starting quarterback, okay. and if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm wrong. So, you know, I mean, nope. I, I don't see any way that he's not. Okay. No, love the answer. And the answer is from Chris Russell, take the Bears and the points and lean over the 44 and a half. Thank you, Chris. Busy mm-hmm. day for you. Enjoy the game tonight. You got it, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Okay.
Thank you very much. There he is, Chris Russell, a team and the commander. It's interesting, right? I think it was maybe it was you, Dustin, that highlighted their two losses against very good football teams. However, struggled. Had to have a big comeback in Denver. Remember, a ton of survivor plays kind of saved by that win from behind in Denver. Uh, a win to start on the road at Arizona. Maybe Arizona's a little pluckier. You know, even Arizona at San Francisco this last week, the whole entire game, I mean, they were in the game, not just in the opportunity to cover the big number. They were kind of hanging around against maybe the best defense in football. So kind of a an odd start. I think I would frame it that way. An odd start for the Commanders boys thus far. Yeah, I think this is a team that, look, they can get there. But, man, if you don't have that offensive line, they've got a great defensive line. It's just never going to work. And we see it in New York every week right now with the Giants. Okay, three-point stance when we return. What's that? I was just saying commanders are weird. Big-time NFL news. Jonathan Taylor speaks. Sharp money. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, our buddy Will Brinson's going to join, and the hair looks good, Will. But first, we got to take a break to tell you about Zen Nicotine Pouches. We're always debating what team and what it takes for a team to be number one, but Zen Nicotine Pouches are already there. It's helped millions of people achieve lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. Find your Zen at your local convenience store or online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. As a warning, this product does contain nicotine as an addictive chemical. We got you back here, Sharp Money. I mentioned our buddy Will Brinson, 
Nobody better over at CBS Sports, NFL writer. Pick Six is the podcast. You can find Will on Twitter, at Will Brinson. Hi, Will. You've got five plays on the week. I just wanted to ask you a random question. This transition from journalism to picks-based journalism. I've been reading you forever, and I always got the impression that you were about that action and like to get down anyway. <laughs> so it seems seamless. It seems seamless for you to be discussing sports betting uh, over at CBS. But in the industry, as far as journalism, how have you noted the transition to more picks-based journalism? Yeah, I think it's a fascinating question. I appreciate the the compliment. I mean, and um, and I, you, I know you're not kidding either because like, we're not, you know, you're not blowing smoke no. because like, I, I really, I mean like, <laughs> like ever since I've been at CBS, like we've written about gambling within the context of it. And it's fu- It's funny, you know, like, I mean, back in like 2011, 2012, and I don't know if our picks page has, have them now, but like we would get in trouble, trouble if we had a picks page with actual NFL logos on them, like, like against the spread, we could put them on since we were a, a partner, we could put them on the page with straight up picks. Like we're picking the Eagles. It would be like an Eagles logo, but it had to be like, PHI cap all caps, like for the, and it might still be the same way. I'm not entirely sure. Um, the NFL has just sort of been always weird about that. I remember they canceled Tony Romo's fantasy football convention, in like 2015. Um, I think journalism wise, it's, it's, it's kind of reminiscent. I think of the drastic shift towards SEO based, like uh, article writing where, you know, you went from, you know, you'd have the title would be like uh, Eagles commanders preview. And now it's like, how to watch, Colin? Eagles versus Commanders, week five or week four, <laughs> four thirty PM, comma, streaming options, comma, you know, and like all this different stuff. And so like it's it is like there's a there's a you know, there's a, a, a desire, I think, particularly with, you know, we have we you know, everybody has these various products that you want to promote, like our sportsline.com, sportsline.com slash join. Use promo code pick for your first month for a dollar. Um and you know, it's uh it's one of those <laughs> well things done. where I think Thank you very much. Um, used to do it on the podcast, but I think it's one of those things where you're sort of pushing stuff towards a picks based thing. Right. And it is, um, it's, it's just, it's, it's wild. Like now it's like, if you, if I go to a radio show, I mean, I, I'm surprised if I'm and not like a, you know, obviously with you guys, we're going to talk about it, but like now if I go on like a stand, like with the junkies on like, you know, Tuesday morning, I'm going to be yeah. surprised if they don't ask me about some sort of gambling thing, you know, like, I mean, it's just, it's just completely pervasive across the industry at this point. Well, when you're covering a game or you're out at an NFL event, uh, when you're with other media members, does it come up? I mean, because I can remember at times when I was covering the Cowboys, you'd have a few people that knew about it, but most of them like didn't know what plus six or minus six meant over under, forget about it. Now, all of a sudden, you got everybody talking about it like it's just like basically a regular play being run. Yeah, you know what I think is the weirdest one about this? And yeah, I mean, I think it does come up some. Like I have a, I have a friend it was definitely bet on the Super Bowl in the Super Bowl uh, press box. And I mean, I, don't, I can't tell you who that friend is because I don't want to get him in trouble. And I don't even know if he would get in trouble, but let's just say, I know for a fact, my friend did that. Um, and so, but like, I, I, I'm, he's, my friend has told me that at various points, he was not entirely confident about doing it because he didn't want anybody to see his screen. Um, I think you get my gist here. Uh, but the, um, <laughs> as, as far as like the, the thing that the, in the, in terms of like the vernacular and just the way that people talk, I, I find it so bizarre. People like everybody's like plus 2000, like that's just 20 to one. And I, I get it. Like we sort of moved <laughs> towards that, like towards that, like the way that we describe things, but I don't know if that's like purposeful to like make it sound like it's a, a, a heavy future. And, and, and I, I'll, I've kind of, 
I can't quite get there myself. I still say like 10 to one, anything above like anything, you know, like, like even like, I guess anything below like a hundred, I don't know. I always just do the blank to one ratio. I always find it's like, and, but like you just hear people who say like plus 2000 and which is fine. Maybe that's just how we're doing it now. But I, I feel like you can sort of tell the difference in people who've been talking about it. You can, you can tell pretty easily who's, who's been, who's a DJ who's been gambling for a long time. Like who was like rolling up to Best Buy to meet their college bookie and the Best Buy parking lot and like the Crabtree Valley mall here in Raleigh. <laughs> and like, and like who was, you know, who was, um, you know, who was, who's like gotten into the industry more recently and is trying to sort of like, you know, discuss it in, 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 a, and look, it's great. Like I, I'm not knocking anybody. It's just, you can just tell if you, if you've been doing it for a long time, you can notice the difference. Oh yeah. The, the vernacular gives it away. No doubt. Will Brinson, right. CBS sports joins us here on sharp money. So we were just talking about Desmond Ritter. Let's get right to it. This is a play. You have Atlanta laying a point and a half hosting Houston. Uh, why are you on the Falcons here? Will? So this is like a poor man's version of my bills. Best bet from last week where everyone and their brother who is like, if it's like you just showed it to not my, my mom didn't really gamble. She, she did text me about why Frank Reich is calling plays for the Panthers last week though, which is a very bad sign for Frank Reich. Uh, if, if the retired Reverend Ann Brinson is asking why Frank Reich is calling the plays, Frank Reich's everybody's on his ass. Okay. Like everybody's on his ass. Uh, but, uh, so my mom, my mom wouldn't text me about like the Texans, the Falcons, but I think if you showed the average person who, you know, just watch football, you're like the Falcons are minus two and, the, and they're like, what? It's like the Texans are a much better team. They're both two and two. They're both middle of the pack NFL team, somewhere between probably, I don't know, 10, 12, and, and like 20, you know, depending on a given day. But CJ Stroud's been much better. Desmond Ritter, the Falcons haven't, like recency bias is a big factor here. Uh, Atlanta's a really good, Atlanta's got a better defense than people think. Um, they are a very good home team. The fact that they're coming from London is definitely a concern. But like B. John Robinson has been awesome. And I think that Atlanta's going to want to get him the ball and he's going to want to run really well, knowing that CJ Stroud is his primary offensive rookie of the year competition. Uh, the Texans are getting some, some tackles back, which is a little bit of a concern, but I think this Falcons offense. So like we talk about Frank Reich on the hot seat. I mean, Desmond Ritter and Arthur Smith as, as a play caller are on the hot seat too. Like, I don't think he's on the hot seat as a coach, but they need to have a really good game on offense. I mean, they haven't scored more than seven points in the last uh, two weeks and that's just not acceptable. So I, I think the Falcons get going a little bit on offense slow. Like the Texans are probably reading their own clippings here. I, I think Atlanta finds a way to win. Um, I, I said it, I had Atlanta like 50 to one to win the most, to have the most wins in the NFL before the season. Um, probably not going to happen, but their schedule is still really, really easy. And I think they're just going to steal a bunch of wins by in this like ugly, like homeless man's Tennessee Titans uh, style setup. <laughs> when you look at this Falcons team and when do they make a quarterback change? Um, I think not as soon as people think. Unless Ritter is just continues to just be horrendous, horrendous. Like, you know, he did leave that comeback against the Packers and you don't love that he got you in that hole in the first place. Um, but it's not like this is a case of a guy with a crazy pedigree as an offensive, like a great quarterback who's supposed to throw it all over the place. Like Ritter is just sort of a, he finds a way to win. Like again, like hopefully kind of a poor man's Ryan Tannehill, right? Where you, you're not, you don't want him throwing it a ton. That's not Arthur Smith's style in the first place. Um, the downside for teams like the Falcons, um, like the Titans, like the Patriots is most of the time you are going to need a very particular game script where you're either ahead or the game is really close and sort of a slugfest. 
to find these ways to win because they're these just I know they came back against the Packers, but they're just not built to uh, to come back. I don't think. Let's sneak one more in. We've got the Steelers taking four and a half, hosting the Ravens. Looks like Kenny Pickett's going to be good to go. Will. Yeah, wow! Well, you guys really asked me about the the the, the pretty games, didn't you? It's like the like the, the Falcons. <laughs> um, this is one where again. And I think there's a lot more of this available now. Uh, maybe not a lot more, but I, I think it's something that people miss a lot because we're so everybody's talking about gambling 24 seven. It's like there is the NFL is a week to week league. I get it. But I mean, the Steelers are, I think, either four and one or five and one straight up uh, over their last like six or five or six against the against the Ravens. They won most of those as underdogs. Um Matt Canada, again, number one on the, on the non-head coaching hot seat situation. Like, I mean, this guy's 39 straight games without 400 yards of offense. That is horrendous, but they can, they've been able to do enough against the Ravens defense for whatever reason to produce. I, I think we see Pittsburgh, like these games are these, I mean, look, these games between these two, these two teams almost always come down to a field goal. And the Ravens offense hadn't quite gotten the way, like hadn't quite gotten going the way that I think we expected to under Todd Munkin quite, quite yet. I think it'll get there eventually, but I, Pittsburgh to me is able to, going to be able to limit them enough. Keep this game close, be a rock fight. You see the Steelers, uh, you know, come away, either lose by three or win by three. Do us a favor, ask Ann Brinson about her availability. Maybe we'll get her on next week to get her plays. That would well, be amazing. You, well, you know, Brinson, CBS I, sports. I'm watching the clock, so I know I have to be fast, but I'll, I'll say this. She was like, what's the deal? Like, she's like, how many head coaches are there? And it's actually like 14 of 18 offensive coaches are calling offensive head coaches are calling plays, which is crazy to me. <laughs> I love it. I love Will's energy. Pick six podcast. <laughs> and also guys. Will Brinson on Twitter. We'll talk to you next time. Will. thank you very yeah, much. Anytime. Appreciate See you guys. Shout to Ann Brinson as well. When we come back, we're going to close some tabs in the top 10. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.